present by Stefan Molyneux, chapter 19. Hey, kiddo, murmured Ian, gently shaking his boy awake. You ready to go on an adventure? Ben's arms automatically wound around his father's neck as his eyes slowly opened. Ian touched his forehead to his son's pale skin. Ah, you? murmured Ben. Yeah, buddy, we're going on a trip. Ben frowned. Where? he asked with some suspicion in his voice. He had been fooled before. No daycare today. Mommy quit her job and we are going on an adventure. A kaleidoscope of emotion spiraled across Ben's face. It's like camping. We're going to go visit some friends in the woods. Campfires, marshmallows, maybe some s'mores. You can shoot a bow and arrow if you want. Ben's eyes narrowed. But Mama, Mama is... He lifted his blankets and cupped his hands over his belly. Yeah, I know, smiled Ian. We're still going. How long? Pack everything you need. Don't leave anything behind. Don't like it, said Ben in a flat voice. Why not? Don't know. Well, do what you can. Grab what you need. My horsey? Ben gestured towards a brown rocking horse in the corner of his room. Ian sighed. No, but there are real horses where we're going. Would you like to ride one? Too big, sniffled Ben, then burst into tears. Oh, buddy, okay, murmured Ian, hugging him tightly. From downstairs, they could hear Cassie's tense voice. The words were indistinct. What about my friends? sobbed Ben. I hope that they will join us, said Ian, before feeling guilt at his falsehood. But it's not likely. New kids, though, new friends, I promise, Ben wailed. The party! Ian swallowed. I don't think that's... I'm afraid it got cancelled. I'm sorry I forgot to tell you. Ben sobbed even louder. Cassie's voice rose. Just, just trust me, Dad. You're going to be locked inside. There won't be another chance. With his sobbing son clinging to him, Ian could not get up and demand that she keep her voice down. He ground his teeth in frustration. He patted Ben's tiny shoulder. I'm sorry to wake you this way, buddy. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Put Mom on, cried Cassie. There was a pause. Ian could not tell if his son's crying was slowing or deepening. A scatter of sirens screamed in the distance. Ian's heart was pounding. Cassie's voice escalated. Mom, I know you don't want to go. I know you've got your garden and your bridge club or whatever, but you know that Ian has... Yes, I know that. Appointments, medicines, got it. Absorbing his mother's tension, Ben's sobs spiraled into a scream. Hammering exploded on the wall they shared with their neighbor. A dog barked madly. Feeling a sudden panic, Ian hauled his son up and walked out of the room. Cassie, he cried, striving hard to keep his voice even. Take it outside, please, I'm begging you. Without glancing up the staircase, Cassie yanked open the front door and stepped out onto the front steps. A glaring square of sunlight widened on the hardwood in the hallway, then closed as she shut the door. Ben, I really need you to stop crying. This is no time. Against his will, Ian's voice broke. 
Ben took a deep breath, then twisted his head in his father's arms and saw the suitcases in the front hallway. He burst into tears again. Where are we going? he screamed. The sirens circled closer. Through the stained glass of the tall windows by the door, Ian could see his wife moving in strangely coloured shards. Ben murmured Ian, reaching deep into a banned parenting tactic. Granola bar for breakfast. What do you say? Ben's wailing halted as if hitting a speed bump. He hiccuped. Granoli? Yeah, you got it, buddy. With cotulate chips? Yeah, all the bad stuff, just for you. Ian carried Ben into the kitchen. He opened the snack drawer, but it was empty. Where the hell? Heidi! cried Ben. It was a family joke. Cassie moved things so often that Ian had nicknamed her Heidi. Yeah, Heidi's been hard at work, said Ian, opening various drawers and cupboards. Hell, Ian, cried Ben, twisting in his father's arms. Ian looked down. In the lower drawer was an orange pail filled with Ben's Halloween candy. He sighed. Special treat, okay, bud? Without answering, Ben climbed down his father's tall body. He lifted out a variety of chocolates, candies, and tiny boxes, then spread them on the floor and began organizing them. From above, Ian could see the still vivid scar that cut through the whirlpool of his son's hair. The stitches had left red footprints on either side of the wound. Be right back, said Ian, and headed out the front door. Cassie was gesturing frantically on the front walkway. Guys, we are lucky to get an exception. Just just come and see it. Check it out. If everything turns out fine again, you can just come back and chalk it up to us being completely insane. She put a hand over the receiver. Despite many lectures, she still didn't know how to mute a phone call turned to Ian and hissed, You're so lucky your parents are overseas. Cassie, we've got to go, said Ian. Just give them the location. I'm not dropping this phone call, Ian. You've scared the hell out of me. I believe you. Ian shook his head slightly, turning to go back inside. Okay, keep talking. I'll load up the car. After glancing at his son, who was obsessively lining up candy on the kitchen floor, Ian began wrestling the suitcases and boxes into the minivan. He caught snatches of his wife's conversation and knew from her tone that she wasn't making any headway. Who cares about the plants if you've only got enough food for... They're good people. You won't feel... We're not getting you into a cult. I just need you to trust me. After loading up the car, Ian turned down the water heater, unplugged everything, and made sure all the lights were off. Checking the back door lock twice, he finally got Ben into his car seat and led his wife by the arm into the passenger side of the minivan. My glasses, she cried. I didn't see them. Check your purse. They were there. Cassie's face was pale. Did you check everything? I should go in. Go back. No. The announcement could come at any moment. We've got to get on the road, Cass. We're not super far. Look, odds are everything blows over. We're back by the weekend. Taking a deep breath, Ian turned and winked at his son. Pretty exciting, eh? Ben was stacking his candies in vertical columns in his little Halloween bucket. Ian half listened to his wife as he pulled out of the driveway and drove north, up the empty tree-lined street. Yeah, Mom, I'm still here. What do you want me to say? I've tried everything. I don't know about Rachel. I can't get through. I know what you're seeing on the news. That's not... You read their lies about Rachel. Why would you believe them about 
Mom, take a breath. Let me get a goddamn word in. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I know. Listen. There was a pause. Ian slowed the minivan to a complete stop at a street corner. He saw some bundled-up teenage boys playing basketball in a driveway, their breath fogging as they lunged. Their mother opened up the front door and screamed at them to get the hell inside. Mom, cried Cassie, no hope in her voice. Holy crap, she said, turning to Ian. They hung up on me. Check my phone. She looked at it. You have bars, Ian sighed. That doesn't mean much. Try calling someone. I'll call Rachel. She held down a thumb on the screen. Call Rachel. I can't find any contact by that name, replied the phone. Ian smiled. (laughs) I have her down as flight risk. What? Why? Ian's grin widened. Because she's flighty and risky. Ian, scolded Cassie. Call flight risk. There was a beep. Calling flight risk. Silence. Not even a recording that the call could not be completed. Phones are done, whispered Ian. Why no phones? cried Ben. Oh, replied his mother airily. The computer said, well, the, the towers are... Ian interrupted her. They ran out of power, but the people we're calling. Nana and... Rachel? Yeah. Great job not eating all your candy. Gotta be right, said Ben, staring into his bucket. Color? Size? <laughs> Sounds like a party, grinned Ian, glancing over his shoulder. Cassie screamed at the top of her lungs. Ian stared wildly around, then saw the crimson blur of a low-slung red sports car flashing past their hood. More! screamed Cassie, pointing. Ian hit the gas hard. Their car staggered forward through a thankfully empty intersection. A blue blur raced by behind them. Ian hit the brakes. They stopped hard. Ben stared in mute shock for a moment. Cassie's breath was coming so hard that it rasped in her chest. Get back there, muttered Ian through clenched teeth. Cassie nodded dumbly. She unbuckled her seatbelt and began climbing over the center console. Cassie, the baby, use the door, snapped Ian. Ben started screaming. Cassie wrenched her door open and half fell out as the car warnings started chiming. Holding her heavy belly, she scrambled to the back door and opened it. Ian turned the car off. He stretched over to close her door. They heard the sound of another car engine and flinched. Ian had a vision of a racing car riding the sidewalk, tearing off the open passenger door. His heart was pounding so hard that his vision shook slightly. Cassie was crawling over Ben to the empty rear seat, trying to soothe him with her voice. Somehow the orange bucket spun into the air, scattering chocolates and candies all over Cassie, the back seat, and out onto the road. Ignoring the shrieking, Ian checked three times both ways, then got out and slowly went around the front of the car and closed the passenger door. Dropping to his knees, he scrabbled on the concrete, grabbing the scattered candy, numbing his fingertips with gritty abrasions. Leaning into the car, he put the candies in the Halloween bucket then closed the rear door. Returning, Ian closed his own door, put his hands on the black wheel, and tried to slow his breathing. Ben was 
inconsolable. Cassie frantically stroked his sweaty blonde hair above his purple, screaming face. We're okay, we're okay, muttered Ian. His temper finally arrived. He turned around. Ben! he thundered. The screaming escalated. Ben! again, louder. Cassie looked at him in shock. He's already upset, she cried. Ben! This broke through. Ben's screaming faltered. Ben, buddy, I'm so sorry. What a day. What a way to wake up. What a frightening drive. Could you do me a favor and get your candy? I'm dying for some sugar. Ben stared at him, his eyes rimmed with red. You what? I know. I'm not supposed to have much, but that car, those cars really scared the pants off me. I am almost without pants, but sometimes I think sugar makes me feel better. What about you? Better. What do you what do you think I should have? What's my favorite? Peanut butter, said Ben without hesitation. Yeah, that that's right. Do you think that No. Ben's eyes sharpened. What? What? Ian shook his head. No, it's it's dumb. What? Ben's voice was excited. Well, I don't know how mommy feels, but I I think we should have just one day where we can eat all the sugar we want. Ian shrugged. Like I said, it's it's dumb. All? echoed Ben, his voice thick with wonder. Well, it's quite quite a day. When I had my tonsils out, I was in the hospital. My parents let me eat all the ice cream I wanted. Did you... Ben pointed at his red mouth and made a gagging sound. Ian winked. (laughs) Yeah, but with a big smile on my face. All... repeated Ben, staring at the scattered candy on the seat and the floor. Cassie pulled some wrapped toffee out of her hair. Ian glanced in the rearview mirror. Do you want Mommy to sit back there with you while you eat? Ben's face darkened furtively. He wiped his eyes. No. Cassie laughed suddenly. <laughs> so I don't check on you. Dada said, All! cried Ben. Mommy didn't agree yet, said Ian, turning to her. Yeah, what the heck? Cassie smiled at her son. Go for it. Yay! sang Ben, gathering his treats together. As she climbed back into the front passenger seat, Cassie murmured, I'm so glad we agreed to stop bribing him. Ian smiled and shook his head. We okay to drive again? Rustling and chewing came from the back seat. Cassie nodded, dialing her phone once more. Ian pulled out onto the road. Nothing, murmured Cassie. I'll try yours again. Whoa! She half cried out as Ian hit the brakes. Car in the road, he said. There was a black SUV parked at 45 degrees in the middle of the road. The doors were closed. As they pulled closer, Ian could see that the sunroof was still open. They could hear the faint clicking of the hazard lights, barely visible in the bright, cold sunlight. Let's not wonder where they went, whispered Ian, glancing back at the chocolate minstrel show of his son's face. A movement in the rearview mirror caught his eye. Crap! Cops! He murmured, his voice thick with tension. Well, we're not doing... Started Cassie, then stopped suddenly. The police car was approaching from a few blocks away, back in the odd ripples of winter light. Ben, lie down, commanded Ian. Hide and go seek, now! Ben's eyes widened. Then he immediately dropped to the floor and curled into a little ball. 
Very slowly, Ian pulled in front of the black SUV. Both parents lay as low as possible in their seats. The emergency brake dug into Ian's ribs. Real quiet, he murmured. Hardly breathing, they heard the crunchy purr of the police car sliding past. It slowed briefly, then drove on. Great job, Ben, whispered Ian. I'm the best, he whispered back. They all smiled. The family lay still for another minute, then Ian slowly lifted his head. The street was empty, the houses all silent. Ian started the car, driving on slowly. Cass, do you have any data? Can you get any news? She checked her phone. Ungodly slow. Sorry. Nothing new. Check my libertarian sites. She grabbed his phone. In the silent whirr of the car's passage, they could hear Ben's chocolate-stained humming from the back seat. Is it in a a folder? Ian's fingers itched to take the phone, but he kept his hands on the wheel, slowly accelerating. In the bookmarks, there's a folder. Oh, yeah, I see. Which one? The first one, the guy with the weird accent. Okay, Cassie scowled. Man, it's slow. Like when everyone started working from home, remember? Here. Got it. Want me to read the headlines? Very quietly, murmured Ian. Uh, Welcome to the new normal. Buckle up, there's no turning back. The Fed has finally killed the dollar. Bartering 101, how to get what you need from what you only want. Uh, How to get out of town without gas. She glanced over. Want me to keep going? No, whispered Ian. There was a pause. Ian signaled and turned right. Ian. Cassie's voice was agonized. He sighed. I know. What? Your parents. We could have gone there. Ian nodded. And what, dragged them off? He... She swallowed. It just drives me crazy. My whole life my mother complains that my father is just such a pushover. Now, at the end, when it really matters, boomers, stop it. Why? demanded Ian suddenly. You know the wages of sin. Cassie's eyes widened. Her hand covered her mouth. Ian! What? You think I can... that we can break the laws of physics? It's just math, nothing personal. Money in, money out. They wanted more out than they were willing to pay in. Ian shrugged, checking his blind spot as he changed lanes. He lowered his voice. They were willing to... I know, super nice people, nothing personal, but they were willing to have been born into a million dollars in debt, owned and operated by foreign banksters, rather than just accept their mistakes. So they killed the dollar through greed, and now here we are, on the run. They're not political. Sure they are. Everyone is, until it's convenient to claim that they're not. I went over the numbers with them. Remember before Ben was born, when I got all primal and fatherly? They weren't willing to let anyone touch their pensions, their free health care, their benefits. Remember? We paid into this, as if basic math cares about that. Mistakes should not be a death sentence, cried Cassie. Ian shot her a warning look, but Ben remained consumed by his treats. My dad lost half a finger when he was a driller in Dubai. He didn't even make a mistake, just bad luck. It was good. Got him into a desk job, net plus. He turned to his wife. Did he deserve to lose a finger? It's not the same, said Cassie without conviction. Ian's eyes returned to the road. It doesn't matter. It's a male thing. 
We don't get the excuse called intention. He pitched his voice higher. I didn't mean to. Can you imagine how long I would last at my job if my code didn't compile? Would my boss care if I said, well, I meant for my code to compile? Ian laughed bitterly. Spoiler, he wouldn't. It's the same at the hospital. Don't make this some male thing. Ian paused. That's true. But you're still dealing with people, not things, objects, facts, math. You don't think what keeps people alive is factual? Well, that's more of the doctor's purview, no? Cassie sighed explosively. Let's not get into that, Quagmire. Your parents, Ian reminded her gently. A sudden tear escaped her eye. I can't just abandon them. See, this is why you have me. What? Cassie's voice was sharp. You know the math. There are only a certain amount of calories to be had. That's what everything is calibrated for. How much could your parents produce? Ian raised his hand. It doesn't matter. They're not coming. You tried forever. I heard you. I wish it were different. You can't save people who won't listen. And what? Well, there is a reason they won't come. You? Ian barked out a surprised laugh. <laughs> Me? Gosh, no. Their own conscience, Cass. They have to believe that everything will go back to normal, so they don't realize that they screwed up the whole world. Oh, come on, that's a little Old Testament. That's the male testament, said Ian, my favorite. Look, I love the fact that you care, Cass, that you're so sentimental. And I mean that in a good way, but it's not objective. Cassie snorted. You don't want me looking at you objectively right now, trust me. Ian shook his head as if to clear his ears. Okay, let's do it. He's asleep. Do what? Ian pulled into a shaded leafy side street and turned off the car. Ooh, said Cassie nervously. Mr. Serious. No, really, let's do it. Why do you want to save your parents so much? That's a weird question, cried Cassie, then glanced backwards and lowered her voice. Why are you even asking? Because they're helpless and dependent and need you, right? Well, yeah. Ian's eyes narrowed savagely. Then why did it take me over a year to get you to pull Ben out of daycare? There was a shocked silence in the car. From outside the safety glass, the car of a raven echoed through the bare treetops. Cassie opened her mouth, then shut it. Ian's voice was low, dangerous. Ben's way more helpless and dependent than your parents, but he doesn't have the power to make you feel as guilty, so his needs are just, poof, gone. It's not about caring or even love, really. It's just a hierarchy. Who has the power to push your buttons? Ian glanced in the rearview mirror and stopped speaking. Holy, he murmured. Cassie's face was white. What? He gestured. Look. From behind them, from the heart of the city they had fled, a massive pillar of thick smoke rose high into the bright blue sky.